Ladies and gentlemen, 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 gentlemen you are now, 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 now listening to two, 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 the P13 Podcast. Yeah. Welcome back to the P13 Podcast with your host, Michael, and sitting alongside me with the beautiful Top Knot, the informational Han Solo. Yes. I think I got that right this time. You did. And with those deep vibrations in your headphones or car speakers or radio speakers, do people still have like those stereo at home stereo speakers? Did you say stereo? Stereo. You mean stereo? Stereo? Well, here's here's another one. Is it Caribbean or Caribbean? I would say, you know, sometimes I think I say one or the other now that I think about it. I mean, you never... Like, it's, Depends on my company, maybe. Well, before we continue with that, that is the mis- the one and only Mr. Thomas Conway. Going back Hello. to that now, is it Pirates Sorry, of the Caribbean or Pirates shit. of the Caribbean? I think for that, you know, that's tough. It's a I'm, tough one. It's a tough one. I was talking with Tazala last night about Taz. caramel or caramel. Oh, okay. What do you say? Mm, caramel. Yeah, I figured you would. Well, we had this chocolate bar in Canada called a caramel. Interesting. It's chocolate covered caramel squares. Is there any milk in it other uh, than the chocolate? I think it's just in the chocolate. Interesting. Milk chocolate. Oh, that's with why. the yeah. caramel filled squares and you break it off. And like, if it's a good one, you'll have like either the caramel all stays in or if you break it off in the wrong area and like you break in the middle of the square, it's just like this big glob of caramel. Just oozes out. out. Oozes out and just mm. like, that, that's happened multiple times where it just ends up on your shirt or in yeah. your hands. and just Slurp it up. I don't know about that. but <laughs> <laughs> I would. <laughs> it gets really sticky. Mm-hmm. But oh, that's another good one. Caramel or caramel? How do you yeah. say it? I say caramel. Interesting. Yeah. Like, what about Werther's Originals? What are those? Are those caramel candies? Caramel? No, they're butterscotch. Oh, that's what it is. Anyways. My grandma always had those. It's a classic, like, grandparent candy in the jar, mm. along with those mints that nobody wants. Yes. Pillow mints, I think they're called. Ooh. Yeah. Is that what those are called? I think so. Anyways. <laughs> how are you how's so a quick update how's that was just a quick check-in i should say how are things with you things are good yeah it's a sunny day here in the city on the bay as they call it one of the few sunny days that we ever get yeah this week's yeah. been good it has been good so i think we're entering a good time of year weather-wise mm-hmm. and uh yeah things are going great excited to be here excited for this episode me too how's jiu-jitsu doing oh it's going <laughs> still getting choked a lot it's still getting choked a lot we haven't reached uh, Dr. Shannon's level yet. No, not yet. She's a beast. She's I'm a sure. Beast. She would smoke me. <laughs> Anyways, well, yeah, it's a sunny day here. It is January when we are recording this. Uh, so that means the new year has turned over, at least in terms of the this this calendar year for us. I know there's different calendars there, but... Uh, Chinese New Year coming up, by Chinese the way. Chinese New Year coming February. up. February. February 1st. Isn't that early? for that or is that uh i don't know paul paul uh, chan told me that oh he's also going to get us a plant for chinese new year because he hates our fake plants in the gym (laughs) sorry paul sorry (laughs) but we'll take the real we're not the best i i I can speak for myself i'm not a very good green thumb guy so it's not the best for me 
I'm okay, but um, not, less with household plants. Ah. So you and I are going to have to keep it alive. At the very least, Paul said he would water it when he comes in. That's great. For us. That's good to know. <clears throat> yeah. So we can rely on it at least three or four times a week. Yes. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike the plants here in the studio. No, just kidding. <laughs> they are sad. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a new year. It's the year 2022. So for those listening to this in the future, we hope you are enjoying your hover cars. Maybe you're teleporting at this time already. And Elon Musk has created some giant, I don't know, like transportation hub. Spaceship. That'd be amazing. Yeah. He's pretty close. Yeah. He, I mean, yeah, basically there. But yeah, uh, let us know or play it back or maybe for Instagram is still up at that time when you're listening to this, let us know how those hover cars are. Let us It'll know. all be in our mind. It'll be all in our mind. No more phone, just <laughs> in our mind. Um, but yeah, 2022 is here, which means getting back into things. I mean, it could be things such as like cooking on a weekly basis, setting goals, and one of our favorites, getting back into the gym, which is the topic for today. Uh, getting back into the gym is often a new year's resolution or new year's goal. Uh, from a time magazine article, a 2020 YouGov poll found that of nearly 30% of respondents who said they are making new year's resolutions, 50% of that population said their top resolution was to exercise. Shocker. Right. Gotta be healthy or trying to get back healthy. Yeah. I mean, um, this does bring up a lot of questions, common concerns, common statements uh, from those who are new to fitness or familiar with exercising on a daily basis. Some statements, I should say, are, I've lost all my muscle. I have to start from zero, zero, et cetera, et cetera. Have no fear, though. Me and Thomas are here to uh, talk through this a little bit. And yes, we've been there before, you know, at the end of the year, maybe sometimes you do get a little burnt out towards the end. Uh or maybe you need to change a pace, and sometimes that pace is to slow down on a few things. Uh, but yeah, so Mr. Conway, let's talk about it. Coming back to the gym after some time off, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so as Calla said, this is a question we often get, and uh, especially this time of year. So got to give a shout out to Bardwaj. 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 He was the one that brought this to our attention as a potential good podcast topic, and he was correct. I think it's a very, uh, very... Uh, important topic and relevant at this point in time. For someone like Barwash, who's made some drastic changes. Yeah, he's made big progress for sure. He's gotten a lot stronger, added some added some mass to his frame. Getting um, new clothes to support that newfound mass. Yep, that's always fun, having to get your pants let out <laughs> um, in a good way, in the butt. Yeah, so he, he said to me the other day, he said, you know, I, I've just, you know, as I've been coming back to the gym this week, like everything feels super tough. He's like, my cardiovascular feels a little lower. Uh, I don't feel quite as strong as I was. So he was kind of curious as to how much of that is myth. myth or how much of that is mental or like, is there some physiology behind it? So, so we thought we'd uh, kind of jump into that. And he hasn't been the only one. I'll also mm -hmm. say that mm -hmm. pretty much everyone, as we've gotten back in at the beginning of the year, has said, man, I feel like I've lost some strength, um, you know, and maybe it's in certain areas more than others. Like some people have said, feels like my upper body strength is gone more than my lower body strength, all that stuff. So the other thing is too, like at our gym, we closed for two weeks over the holiday because yep. we're located in San Francisco and it's unique in that like 
everybody is not from here. So during the holidays, things are very slow. Very slow. And I think they're slow for all gyms across the country, but more so for here because people will leave for six weeks, They'll go a back month, home two to months. Ohio or Michigan. Canada. Or Canada. Toronto. Shout out Kim. India. We had someone Ooh, go to yeah, India right. to visit to visit family. So there's that, that we close for two weeks. But really, I think most people hit a bit of a lull in their training around the holidays because they're usually doing things that are outside of their normal routine. And they're likely not going to have access, whether it be because of time or them traveling, mm-hmm. they're not going to have access to the same kind of training setup that they would not during the holidays. It puts you out of the routine. You're in a different setting. Everyone's yeah. like having to try to maybe MacGruber a few things. MacGruber. <laughs> yeah. A little uh, chewing gum and chicken wire. <laughs> you know, and that can span anywhere from the beginning of Thanksgiving to the new year. You know, some people. So that's like five, five or six weeks yeah. that people can maybe be kind of knocked off their routine. So I think to understand how things change during that time and how how we have to get back on the saddle, metaphorically speaking. I think it's important to understand some basics about how things work when you first start training, Mm -hmm. because that's kind of what's happening is you're starting over. And then we'll go into some detail about, you know, have you really lost much? Yeah. Based on, based on a number of factors, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of factors that weigh into it. So one important concept to think about through all of this that applies to a lot of, and I don't, I mean, I don't think I came up with this equation. I'm sure I didn't, but the information and information, but I might have, I may have just (laughs) stumbled upon an equation that will be used until the end of time, but it's very simple. So T plus F equals R training or no, no, that's not, that's not the right T (laughs) Uh, (laughs) time, (laughs) time plus frequency equals results. And when you really think about it in terms of training, it doesn't matter what you do. As long as those two variables are accounted for, you'll see results. You can have the most simple, basic program in the world. Mm -hmm. But if you spend time doing it and you do it frequently, you're just going to get results. And I think this could maybe be like a whole separate topic in and of itself. But I think people really tend to overcomplicate things when they're like, I need this special program for like to get this certain amount of whatever fitness or muscle or cardiovascular capability and blah, blah, all that stuff. And while there is some truth to that, when you get more specific with your goal at the very basis of, of, getting fit it's it's just as simple as those two variables spend time doing it do it frequently and guess what your body's going to adapt it has no choice it's just the way that it works just it's the same thing with sitting we've talked about sitting before and how it's not so much sitting in and of itself that's bad it's the amount of time and the frequency that we do it that we spend in that that i think causes problems yeah and then we're we're sitting lazily and all this stuff and and whatever so but that's one important concept to keep in mind during this whole conversation and it's what we'll kind of wrap up with to to keep people motivated is as long as you 
account for those two things, you'll keep getting better. It's like the, we call it the kiss method. Keep it simple student. Ooh, that's sensual. Yeah. Very sensual. Keep it simple. Keep it simple student. Student. There's who do you the tell other that form to? is keep you, it simple who do you stupid. Tell that to? But oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you tell that to your clients. I tell that to yeah, people who I've worked with. It's like keep yeah. it simple student cuz you're student, you're not stupid. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. I was confused how the student worked in that in that situation, mm-hmm. but that makes sense. But um, like even going back to what you were talking about with like keeping it simple and you're making simple changes, even the basic form of just doing a push, a pull and a hinge. Yeah. We've talked about that. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It doesn't have, you don't have to get all crazy with your variations, but just hit these basic things and you're going to, you're going to keep getting better. Um, so taking it a step further now, we're, we're looking deeper into like maybe the physiological aspect. What, what can we expect? Yeah. So we'll kind of talk about the two main areas I would say of fitness and adaptation and those being strength and aerobic or cardiovascular capacity. So strength first. So when you start training, there's primarily two factors that lead to gains in strength. One neural factors. So think of this as your nervous system getting better at completing the task, which is lifting weights. That can be whatever moves you're doing bench press squat a good analogy to this or anecdote is if you ever see a first time lifter do a bench press Ah. it's equivalent to a baby giraffe walking for the first time (laughs) except with the arms and i don't mean that in a bad way for people that are first getting into bench press it's just the nervous system trying to figure out what you're doing yeah right and so having load above your shoulders and pressing it when that load is free in space your body is just trying to stabilize it, and that's what leads to Shakes. the bar path being all over the place. And then what's pretty interesting, though, is over the course of like two weeks, that goes away. Pretty fast. It's really fast, yeah. Really fast. So it's cool to see. But that's all neural factors, mm-hmm. right? And then there's the muscle physiology factors. So think of this as your muscle actually changing size, density. You can fiber actually... Growth. In, fiber There's fiber growth, and then there's uh, fibro... fibro fiber... Uh, like multiplicity uh, no no there's a term like genesis yeah I, um where the 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 muscle can actually create more muscle fibers i don't remember the there's name a certain the physiological term now. we'll we'll look it up um at some point so so those are the two primary factors that are going to lead to gains in strength what's interesting there's a graph of this that you can find online as well but there's an inverse relationship over time between neural factors leading to gains in strength and muscle physiology leading to gains in strength. So what that means is at the beginning of you training, neural factors account for, we'll just call it 80% mm-hmm. of gains in strength Your for the bi- first couple weeks. Body's building efficiency in it. Yeah. And again, nervous system is just learning how to do the task better. And what's interesting is you will see your numbers go up during that time, mm-hmm. but that, that doesn't mean that you have Gained muscle right off gained the bat. Gained muscle. You've gotten stronger. I almost said that doesn't mean you're not getting stronger. But you've you've gotten stronger only simply because your nervous system is getting better at doing that. Mm-hmm. And then 20% or less even is muscle physiology changes. Yep. Then as you continue to train, the neural factors go down in terms of how much they're changing. And then the muscle physiology goes up at a point where they meet and then eventually muscle physiology accounts for more than neural factors. And there's, there's going to be a certain point, like 
the muscle physiology change kind of stalls. Hit that plateau. You hit a plateau. That's what I was going to get to that. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll continue to get stronger, but it's very, it, it just, it comes slowly. The beginner gains kind of hit that top of the ceiling. Yeah. And you're, everything else is purely based on how you're doing now. Yep, exactly. So, you know, that, so the, the neural side of it, really the first two to four weeks, most of that adaptation is neural. Then beyond that is when the muscular adaptation continues and that continues basically to, to the newbie gains, I guess, 12 to 16 weeks. It's such a tease. Such a tease. But again, you keep getting stronger. There can be various things that all of a sudden lead to a jump in strength. And that's where program structure does become helpful. Mm-hmm. In my case, it was just starting to work with someone that programmed in a way that I hadn't trained before. And that was Dave Ray back in, in Nashville, where he just did a shit ton of volume on bench press. So my bench press got to a point where it was too, I could do like maybe a single at 225, 235. I was never good at bench press. Then started training with Dave, jumped up to 265 in probably six months after not jumping at all. And then eventually it got up to 280 with some of some other stuff from him. But then, I mean, at that point, that was pretty much capped out for me. I, I could maybe go higher, but, you know, it would, it would just, again, I would be at the point where you're just like grinding for five pounds. Or the fractional plates. Or the fractional plates. <laughs> Micro-loading. Love it. Micro-loading. Love, love those. Um, but we all go through it at some point, especially if you've been exercising daily with trainers or programs or, or going through that. Yeah. You're going to hit... If especially if you're starting out, it's like those beginner newbie gains that you hit, and you're just like, "Oh man, this is amazing!" Yep. And everyone, you're constantly kind of chasing that high again because of, "Oh man, I've done this. I've jumped up twenty pounds more. Why am I not jumping up five? Well, right. You're hitting that point, like you said, is that plateau point where that neural and the and the muscle physiology just kind of tape or level off for the moment. Yep. And there are some things to keep in mind with this newbie gains and how long you get those or how fast that process happens for you is dependent on some, uh, some factors. So for example, if the first 12 weeks, which is your new begin period, you train two times per week. Then after that point, you double your week, weekly frequency to four and carry that through for another 12 weeks. You're probably going to see better progress in that, in that second 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. But just because you're increasing again to my, uh, my mind blowing equation that I came up with, you're increasing one of those variables and also time is increasing, right? The amount of time your training age is increasing. That's one thing to keep in mind is if like you start out training and you're like, Oh, one to two days a week. And then you like bump it up to three to five or four to five, you know, after like three months, you're going to start seeing more gains, Mm. you know? So yeah. So then I've, Say, for example, I've hit those gains and it's 24 weeks into the year. It puts us right around June. My birthday's in June and I go out for, I go travel for a couple weeks. Yeah. And I come back to the gym. What does that say about my gains and do I lose anything? What's going on with that? So there's the best example of the, the first question is, is there a loss that occurs in muscle? Yes or no? Yes, there is. 
The best example is if you break your arm and put it in a cast and don't move it at all for however long. I don't know how long people have casts for for broken arms. We'll say three months. When you take that cast off, it will certainly be at the muscle will have atrophied Mm -hmm. because it's not being used. Right. The body is very smart, um, almost too smart for its own good sometimes. (laughs) And, you know, if it's if something's not being used they the body will not devote energy to maintaining the strength of that what body part whatever it is mm-hmm. um so yes there is loss that occurs now the question is how much that depends on a multitude of factors right so how long was the the cessation from training so how long did you stop training for obviously 2 weeks is different than 2 months And then the other thing is how inactive was that individual during that time? So if you took your, if your trip was filled with hiking and, and a little bit of bouldering and surfing and we were stuck in quarantine for, no, I'm just kidding. Stuck in in quarantine for two weeks. Stuck in quarantine. Like, yeah. If your time away is filled with like a lot of other activities that are going to challenge your body in various ways, then you probably won't lose as much uh, muscle as if you were binging you on Netflix. That's quite the vacation. Right. And then after you school of chocolate, you go into school of chocolate, then you end up at great British, British baking show. Love it. You black out and you wake up and you're watching Seinfeld is on the TV. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, they're two very different scenarios, right? Yeah. And they're going to create different outcomes. Other factors, would be age. I came across an article in prepping for the show that they did a study of, of people taking some time away from training and some of the participants were over 65 and they saw a very, like a much more dramatic decrease in lean tissue in that subset of people versus someone that's like, you know, 25, mm-hmm. right? So that's you, Bardwaj. You're in your prime. You're Take advantage of Live it. it. So there's age, then there's, so biological age, then there's training age. So an example would be me and you. We've been training for, I don't know. You've been training a lot longer than I have. I'll put it that way. I mean, but between the both of us and sports, there's, there's pretty much never been a break in our lives training wise because you had baseball in college, right? And you were training. So, so we've been training almost our whole lives in some, in some way, shape or form. So for us, taking two weeks off probably isn't going to make that big of an impact. We'll come back and we'll notice a difference, but it, it, it'll be like a few days and we'll be like, we're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, for someone that is in that newer phase, like you, the scenario that you laid out of they got through 24 weeks, they did, they did uh, 24 weeks of training pretty consistently, them taking time off will be more impactful because for us at this point, our nervous system is so used to doing those tasks that there's just not as much drop off in terms of that. And then also, I think there also there, there is to an element of when you get really good at something, you don't have to do as much to maintain it. Yeah, it's that like thousand. Is it the thousand rep or ten thousand reps? Ten thousand to like master a skill or whatever. Yeah. And strength is a skill, right? Yeah. So that's what we got to remember. Strength is a skill. I mean, an example for me is, is bench press. Like I don't bench press that much anymore for what I'm trying to accomplish. It just isn't super important, Mm -hmm. 
but I could I could do a six week phase and probably get to be benching two fifty for a single. Yeah, and you're not going to start off with the bar wobbling underneath you, right? Yeah, or above you. Sorry. Yeah, underneath above. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that that plays a part too. Then the last piece that I included in in this is nutrition status. Of course. So that's something. I've heard a lot from people too, as they have come back from the holidays is that they, they binge were, eat pie for three weeks. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, Dennis told me that his mom made excellent cookies all the time Ooh. and he can't say no. And I'm the same way. If my mom makes cookies, I'm like, I'll, I'll take four. Oh, gooey. Yeah. So good. And then people are usually drinking more over the holidays. Right. So there's that element of it as well. So whereas if you took time off and like your nutrition habits, generally stayed the, the same like again if it was like you traveling by by yourself or with your significant other and just visiting places that might be a little bit easier than if you're going and seeing family because mm-hmm. family usually I mean at least for me anytime I go for see family too. yeah let's eat let's bake all these goodies and all this stuff we're from Minnesota so we do bars we do, <laughs> we do bars there we do rice. Want some bars some bars yeah so um, we talked a little bit about we talked a lot about strength what about cardiovascular yeah, and so how about the changes in that sense. So cardiovascular is a slightly different scenario. It's it's similar in the sense that there is a gain and a loss that will occur. Cardiovascular adaptation though seems to come and go quicker, which is good and bad. So back to when people first start training, people can start to see changes in cardiovascular output in as little as a week, dependent upon programming. But if someone has a cardiovascular goal and they do some form of cardiovascular activity, like 30 to 40 minutes, five days, that they can see their cardiovascular output increase by like 5% in a week. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Then you extrapolate that out over the course of 10 weeks. And this is, again, based on a a study from the uh, National Strength and Conditioning Association. Uh, They saw a 44% increase in cardiovascular output over 10 weeks. And I'll explain like the the elements of that 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 they determined that forty four percent increase. These changes will continue to happen dramatically over the course of twelve weeks and then slow down, but still increase. What this article did find from the NSCA is that cessation from cardiovascular activity for six months leads to almost a complete reduction back to baseline. Wow. Yeah. But think about it. it. That's six months. That's a long time. Who's who's really going to take that? I shouldn't say that. Some people have taken that much time off training. Generally, um, if you have a semi-consistent, and and I guess questions around that would be too, are these people just laying in a bed and not doing anything? True. I don't know about the specific controls of the study. So what they use to kind of measure the adaptation there's various aerobic enzymes that your body creates the more that you do cardiovascular work to help with the turnover of oxygen. So they measured those and they saw those decrease with cessation from training, but they also increase as you start training again. Oxidative potential of certain muscle fibers. So that will go up and down. Your body's ability to use glycogen. One thing that changes too when you do cardiovascular work is capillary density. So capillaries are like they're like veins, but closer to the skin. Yes. Right. It has to do mostly with the transfer of blood. The more, the greater capillary density in a muscle, the better, the better it can, can perform. Yeah. The better that it can get supplied with blood and therefore exchange oxygen with the muscle tissue and all that stuff. 
And then they basically also measured people's VO2 max, which if you're not familiar with that, it's Oof. basically, <laughs> it's a fun test. If you ever get a chance <laughs> to do one, definitely do it. You have to be very comfortable with a hose in your mouth as you run. It's a bit weird. You may want someone to take you home later. Yes. You want to do a Wingate test and then you really need someone to take you, you really, home. Yeah, because you'll be dizzy. But yeah, so they measured VO2 max and they saw that drop with the cessation from training. And VO2 max is like, think of it as the ultimate measure of your cardio, of, of any individual's cardiovascular. It's the gold standard. Yeah, it's the gold standard. So six months of full cessation from training brought brought these people back down to baseline. But I think that, again, as I said, cardiovascular capability or output goes fairly quick and and also six months is a long time so if people are just talking about two two weeks weeks, a month you're you're looking at a percentage drop of maybe like 15 percent so yes and but what i will say is that is enough to feel like it's different yeah. yeah you know you'll come back and you're like oh man i'm rowing at this pace that I was doing before, but it feels a little bit harder. Right. And that is that 15%. Going back to that, like the comparison part, like to our comparison episode, I should say is even like, if it's just like a two week thing, you're also coming back and you're starting back from potentially a higher threshold than what you began with in your training. Exactly. Exactly. And that's one of the big things to remember is that the work that you did before is not for nothing. Yeah. Right. That set your baseline higher. Right. So while it may feel tough getting back into it, your starting point is, is higher than it was before. Which leads us nicely into like the psychological and behavioral aspects of when you are coming back off that time off. Yeah. So the first thing we think about in terms of that is the concept of inertia, right? So, uh, a body at motion stays in motion. A body at rest stays at rest. It's physics which is fascinating. But so when you're in your routine, you have inertia that is helping you stay in that routine. Once that gets kind of derailed, then you have, and, and you're, you know, you're off for two weeks, four weeks, whatever it is, six weeks, then you have inertia that's wanting you to, that makes it feel like you don't want to get back into your routine. So you have to kind of recreate that inertia, which is a process of struggle. There's no doubt when you when you're getting back into it it initially feels like you're having to drag yourself into it a lot more because you don't have that inertia built up yet but just give it a week or two that inertia will be back and you'll just be back in your routine and you won't have lost as much as you thought exactly then uh it's made worse by the previously the psychological side is made worse by the previously mentioned factors and that it will feel a little bit harder right you may feel like you've lost a little bit of strength. You may feel like your cardiovascular output is not quite where it was. And then that's going to lead to you feeling somewhat discouraged, maybe. Maybe some ants. Automatic Something. negative thoughts crawling around in your Amen. head. And, and of course, it's not. it doesn't feel good to be discouraged, to be like, oh, man, I'm not as strong as I was four weeks ago, six weeks ago. But just, again, just got to establish the behavior and then everything else will kind of kind of follow. So then how do I avoid that kind of leads into the next part? How do I avoid the rut? What can I do upon returning back into the gym? Yeah. So most people tend to operate in the extremes. That's one thing that I have found as a coach and it applies to almost every aspect of health, fitness, you know, 
I mean, really life, but Mm -hmm. people, so people, and what I mean by that is if they fall off their training routine, they tend to just be like, fuck it it. with everything else. (laughs) They're just like, shit, I can't get to the gym. Uh, sure. I'll take five Boilermakers. They still make that beer. It's from, Uh, it's from Dumb and Dumber. Um, I don't know. actually. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they're like, screw it. Like I'll just have a pizza tonight with, with a sixer and you know, sixer. I've never heard that. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And then like, and, and then it just continues to spiral from there. Cause of course I think most, I think it's pretty clear at this point that like, once you start eating poorly, your body is going to crave more of that like crappy food. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially if it's like high in, in refined carbohydrates, sugar, all that stuff. You're just, your body's going to want more of it. And also to like really highly palatable foods. So, so yeah, so they, they operate in extremes to like stop training, increase processed food consumption. They usually increase alcohol consumption. They overall like move less because they're like, well, shit, I can't work out, whatever. I'm just going to sit on the couch. So to combat that, try to help yourself understand that you can still maintain most of your healthy habits, even if your exercise structure is interrupted. So just because you can't make it to the gym, like you can still just, just eat well, you know, I mean, um, and then that kind of segues into the next point of you can still keep moving. So that's the other thing that I often see is, you know, and I've asked some people like, Oh, what'd you do over your holiday? And like, maybe they traveled a little bit, but then they were back for some time when the gym was maybe still closed. And they're like, I did absolutely nothing. (laughs) And it's like, well, (laughs) you know, and, and that's okay to do like occasionally, but understand that there's a consequence to that. There's a consequence. And also like, you're probably going to feel better psychologically, mentally, physically. If you like go for a hike, I don't know, go for a walk, put your AirPods in, listen to this podcast and go for a walk. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. But yeah, because we have to think of the concept of NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Yep. And that's basically all the calories that you burn when you're just moving throughout your day doing doing anything that's outside outside of your training which you talked about a little bit like with when it comes to just moving around maybe if you're working in an office yeah just like fidget or like you know i mean we move around a lot when i use my hands a lot when i talk on this podcast (laughs) even though you can't see me but that's just the way i talk i'm lucky that i have a, a a child that keeps me moving at home but for the most part even before he was around like I would, I would try to move a lot. I'd take the dog for a walk, right. even if it's a micro walk, 10 minutes, whatever. That's all going to add up. You mentioned it's micro. It's all going to feel better. Micro workouts. You could do micro workouts with Holger. Yep. So yeah, that's the other thing. And third point, I guess, would be fit in micro workouts or different forms of movement. So this is um, flexibility work, core stability and structure work. Like all this stuff, there's, a, there's so much stuff that you don't actually need equipment for that's still going to contribute to the whole, you know, your whole movement activity throughout the day. You could also do breath work and then like work on a skill, practice juggling, like whatever. But it's also an opportunity for you to maybe get back into a sport that you like. Go outside and shoot some hoops. Go to the park, shoot some hoops, whatever. Jitsu class. Yeah, if you want to, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) It can be, it can be anything, but I think oftentimes people get a little too focused on checking the box, which we've mentioned before, of yep. checking the box of did I get my workout in. 
And I think that more people need to transition more to the thought of, have I moved enough today? Yeah. Right. Because our bodies were designed to move a lot, yep. a lot, cover a lot of ground. We've talked about that in previous episodes. So like use your body, especially in today's climate with like how the pandemic has affected a lot of things. A lot of people are working from home. You get remote jobs. You're stuck at home. Yeah. You're, yeah. It's tough. And, and it's going to drive you crazy. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it with a lot of people. So it's hard sometimes I get it to get up and get out, but you just gotta, you just gotta get yourself to do it because you're, you're going to feel so much better. Then the fourth point, last point, understand that it will be a struggle to come back. I often think that sometimes people, I was talking to someone about this earlier in the week. Uh, I often think that when our expectation doesn't fit what the reality is, we get very discouraged. Yes. So when we come back expecting to be for it to be fine, then we get back and it's like we've lost a little bit of strength, we've lost a little cardiovascular output, all that stuff. Then it's like we're even more let down. Yeah. Whereas if you just came in week one, January twenty twenty two, came in and you're like, I know this is probably gonna feel like shit, but LFG. Let's get let's go let's go, go you know um and you just you just get after it knowing that it's going to be hard you're setting your your frame of mind up better for just just being able to grind through that first week or two and then back to our back to my revolutionary equation know that you have an advantage right because time and frequency which we have a lot of time for most of us to continue to get stronger, fitter, all that stuff. When you think about it, you have, I mean, mean, assuming we all (laughs) live to a healthy age, we have like 40 years to continue to get more fit. Yeah. That would make me only 73. 50 years. 50 years. 83. Yeah. I'll take that. Let's take 50. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then just the frequency. Even if you start with three times a week, that frequency is going to be significant enough to make progress. So just remember that, that that is working to your advantage. And especially if you've already been training for five, six, six yeah, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, if you've already been training for that amount of time. Yeah. You might experience a little blip drop off here because you took two weeks off, but in, in a month you'll be, you'll be right where you were. You'll be good. Yeah. Continue the trend. Yeah. And with that, avoid the bullshit, avoid the bullshit. Boom. Boom. Thank you again for listening to the P13 podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. This podcast was produced by Project 13 Gyms and a special thanks to Studio Pod Media for providing the studio space and additional production. Absolutely. You can find us on social media on Instagram at Project 13 Gyms. You can find myself at Kemifan, that is K-E-M-I-F-A-N. How about you, Thomas? Where can they find you on your social media? You can find me at Conway Bunga. That's C-O-N-W-A-Y-B-U-N-G-A. You can also check us out at project13gyms.com. And if you're in the SF area, come train with us at Project 13 Gyms in Lower Knob Hill.